Now, if you're a real serious college football fan, you understand that the name Beamer Ball comes from really solid special teams play. But is there a reason for the Gamecocks to be potentially concerned about that this next season? I'll discuss that today on the Locked On Gamecocks podcast. Our Locked On Gamecocks, your daily podcast on the South Carolina Gamecocks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gamecock Nation, and welcome back to the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast, your show for daily headlines and potential storylines in your favorite South Carolina Gamecock sports teams. I'm your host, as always, Andrew Lyon, and as always, thank you for making the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast your first listen every day. We're free and available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast daily. All right, so as I alluded to earlier on today's show, I'm going to talk about South Carolina's special teams unit, the last unit that I haven't really done a breakdown of yet heading into this upcoming fall camp. I'm going to talk about the kicker, punter, and yes, even the long snapper positions and maybe some concerns that South Carolina fans should have about the special teams unit heading into the season. I'm also going to discuss some recruiting updates regarding multiple priority targets, including four-star offensive tackle Oluwatison Babalade, four-star defensive tackle Xavier McLeod, and three-star athlete Bakari Swain. And then at the end of today's show, I'm going to discuss a couple interesting developments on the recruiting front as well, one involving Cameron Upshaw Jr., who had decommitted from South Carolina recently, and another four-star safety in the 2023 class who happens to be currently committed to Auburn. So that's going to be the roadmap for today's show. So without further ado, let's go ahead and get right into it. So, I'll start off with the unit that is known as the backbone of Beamer Ball. Yes, the special teams unit. Now, of course, Pete Limbo was brought in on Shane Beamer's inaugural staff this past year. And Pete Limbo is widely regarded as one of the best special team coordinators in the entire country, which is, of course, probably a big reason why Shane Beamer was looking to hire him. And the Gamecocks did really well overall on special teams last year with Parker White making 16 of his 17 field goal attempts, and I also don't believe he missed a single extra point attempt. And Kai Kroger doing pretty well in the punting game. I think he averaged at least 42 or 43 yards per punt, which is a pretty solid number that you want to have in the SEC and obviously is a big deal when it comes to flipping the field. However, heading into this season, I think that there's actually a few things heading into fall camp that South Carolina fans need to have some concerns about regarding the special teams unit. So I'll start off with concern number one, the kicker position battle. Now, this has not been discussed enough by really the national pundits and analysts heading into this year, and even South Carolina fans, because admittedly, special teams doesn't get talked about as much because you don't see them as much as you do the offense and defense during a football game. But that doesn't mean it's not important. South Carolina's replacing their all-time leader in points scored in Parker White, who had become an extremely accurate kicker in his five-year career here, especially from within 39 yards out on field goal attempts. And to give you all a mind-blowing stat real quick of just how stable South Carolina has been at the kicker position in the last 10 years, this will only be the third time in the last 10 seasons that South Carolina has had to find a new kicker. Again, remarkable stability and tells you just how well South Carolina does 
with finding kickers for special teams. But there's going to be competition this upcoming fall camp. So who are the contenders? And I'll start off with the proverbial favorite in Mitch Jeter, who's been the kickoff specialist for the Gamecocks for the past two years, which has led to a 60.6 yard average on kickoffs and 51 total touchbacks while making two extra points in the process. And he's known for having a very powerful leg, obviously, which is the reason why he's been the kickoff specialist for the Gamecocks. And he can make field goals in the 50 to 56, even maybe 57-yard range. He's got a really powerful leg and one that cannot be underestimated. There's also going to be a couple of other players, however, who will be contending for the kicker position. Another guy is Alex Herrera, who appeared in four games last year and kicked off nine times for an average of 59 yards, getting two touchbacks in the process. Now, he's not known really as much for a powerful leg like Mitch Jeter. He's known more for being better on the accuracy side of things. But apparently, reports coming out of spring said that Alex Herrera got better, and he's working really hard to try to win this kicker job, which of course is good because competition in fall camp is always, in fans' opinions, going to create a better product and better production out of whoever ends up winning that kind of position battle. And then another guy who fans might not know very much about is Jack Luckhurst. Now, he was recovering from hip surgery back in the spring, so he did not participate in spring practice. But he was a place kicker for Arizona State back in 2020, and he made a field goal and went 9-for-9 nine nine on extra points while he was there. He apparently enrolled during South Carolina's fall semester in the 2021-22 through 22 academic calendar year, which, again, is why you haven't heard very much about him. Then, of course, he had the hip surgery. So this is going to be Luckhurst's first real opportunity to be able to practice with the team on a, on a consistent basis and, again, be able to show these coaches what he can do. Now, the second concern that I have for this special teams unit is we might not know who our punter is going to be in week one versus Georgia State. You might be asking yourself, well, Andrew, Kai Kroger has been the punter for the last two years. Why are you saying this? Well, this report has kind of trickled out to some people, but I don't think everybody's heard about this, so I am going to discuss it real quick. According to Hale McGranahan of the Big Spur, the Gamecock affiliate website for 24-7 Sports, Kai Kroger is going to miss much of preseason camp due to a foot injury he suffered while at home in Illinois. Now, obviously, this is something that is uh, not a good sign for the Gamecocks. Now, of course, Kai Kroger, again, has been the starting punter for the last two years, so it's not that, you know, he has no experience, but the Gamecocks now may need to look to the backup punter on their roster, and that backup punter is William Joyce. Now, he is still technically a young gun on this team. He is a redshirt freshman out of Spartanburg, South Carolina. And so I went to his player profile on Gamecocks Online to get an idea of sort of what he can bring to the table. And apparently, he's got a decent leg. In the blue-gray All-American Bowl in Dallas, assuming this was after his senior year of high school football, he averaged 44 yards per punt on four punts and down three of them inside the 20, which is a really solid clip for that small of a sample size. And he also competed in the Coles Kicking Camp Senior Challenge, which is considered the best camp series for high school specialists in football and was a finalist in the field goal and kickoff competitions. Now, of course, the concern here is he's yet to see any live action in a football game. And while I'm sure he has gotten practice with the special teams unit, William Joyce has never gone in there as a number one guy. And obviously, when you're the number one guy at the punting position, that's a lot of pressure. And for the first three weeks of the season, South Carolina is playing one of the tougher three-game stretches, really, out of all the teams in the SEC. 
They face a team in Georgia State week one that cannot be underestimated. They were a really good team last year, nearly beat Auburn on the road, and they won eight games. Then they go on the road to play Arkansas, and then they come back home to play the reign-defending national champions in Georgia. So the point is, the Gamecocks' margin for error has to be shortened up in a hurry. They have to have things figured out very quickly in this season. So an injury like this, while it might go unnoticed in a lot of fans' minds, this can be something that really has an effect in some of these ball games. Now, coming up in just a couple moments, I'll discuss with y'all my final concern with the special teams unit, mainly dealing with the long snapper position, and then I'll work my way into some of the recruiting updates that I have regarding the priority targets that I did mention earlier. Before I get into all of that, I do need to ask y'all a question. Have you tried Built Bar Puffs yet? Well, if you haven't, then I don't know what you've been doing with your life recently. So do me a favor. Open up the laptop. Go to Built.com. Look up Built Bar Puffs. And while you're doing that, I'm going to tell you about their new flavor that they just released not too long ago. Cookie dough and marshmallow covered in chocolate. Do I still need to say anything else? I do? Okay, well then I'll go further. Let me introduce you to the new favorite Built Bar out there, the Cookie Dough Chunk Puff, which has a light and chewy texture, real cookie dough chunks, and of course, as always, it is covered in 100% real chocolate. Plus, it is healthy for you. It's only 160 calories and has a whopping 15 grams of protein in them. It's the perfect treat. I got these bars from Built Bar themselves not too long ago, and I love these things so much that I've already ordered myself another box of the Cookie Dough Chunk Built Puffs and they're on their way right now as I do this show. So what's great about Built is that all of their bars are also made with collagen protein, which your body does absorb more efficiently, and it provides tons of health benefits. So whether you need a snack after a workout, maybe a late night treat, or if you just wanna grab a quick bite to eat, Built is the perfect protein bar. And at the same time, it tastes better than a candy bar. The best of both worlds. So get to Built.com right now to order your box of cookie dough chunk puffs now. And if you're looking to save money because of the trying times we're going through right now, we have you covered there as well. When you go to Built.com, be sure to use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off of your order. That's LOCKED15 for 50% off at Built.com. Be sure to go right now while the offer lasts. All right, so real quickly, to finish off my last concern with the special teams unit before moving on to the recruiting updates I have for y'all, my final concern with the special teams unit is, simply put, are the snaps going to stay down and level on field goal attempts this year? And I'm referring to long snapper Matthew Bailey. Now, I don't want to try to come off like I am picking on Matthew Bailey here, but there was a lot of snaps from Matthew Bailey last year where it almost seemed like Kai Craig was going to have to do a jumping somersault in order to be able to catch the ball. It could be either way far out in front of him, like five feet out above him, or it could end up being behind him. Kai Kroger had to do it all to prevent many a field goal attempt from turning into an absolute disaster. And in Matthew Bailey's defense, he is the snapper for both field goal team and punt team. So, there's probably something where he's having a hard time sort of switching 
his mentality of, you know, maybe just how much strength he has to put behind the ball in terms of being on field goal team when maybe he just did a snap for the punt team not too long ago. Maybe that's part of the issue, and maybe he's taking a lot of time to correct that this offseason. Gamecock fans are going to have to hope so because, again, if it weren't for Kai Kroger's holding abilities last year, there could have been many plays that turned into a turnover and maybe even a touchdown for the opposing team. So that is a concern, and hopefully one that's been addressed this offseason concerning the long snapper for South Carolina Special Teams Unit and Matthew Bailey. Now, moving on to the recruiting updates that I have for y'all. Let me start off with Oluwatis and Babale, who is a priority target that was supposed to actually announce this past week. And Maryland looks to be the only other serious contender for him at this time. But he did send out a tweet just a day or two ago saying, Friday at 2. Looking like he is going to be announcing his official commitment on August the 5th at 2 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Now, despite the fact that Bob Lee did push back his commitment from this past weekend, he was supposed to announce on Sunday, July the 31st, he did wind up visiting South Carolina that same weekend. And according to Phil Kornblatt of Sports Talk Media Network, in an article that he published on that same day that Bobby was originally slated to commit, Bob Lade, in a conversation with Phil Kornblatt in this article, said, quote, There are just some things that came up last minute that I had to do some extra checking just to make sure everything was good. It was good. I had a great time. It was mainly about the people. I got that family feeling, and I definitely ate a lot. And he apparently left Columbia around 1 a.m. Sunday morning, but before departing, he did have another conversation with Beamer saying, we talked for a little, chatted it up, and he said, this is home and will be, or excuse me, and he'll be waiting for me. So at this moment, with everything that I have seen and read, I do feel really good with where the Gamecocks are currently standing with Oluwata Zimbabwe, but you never know with a home state team like Maryland, in this case, being the other finalist, what could potentially happen all the way up to the end when he announces his commitment, and he could maybe even push it back again. Just never know. So. Have to let a little bit more time play out before this does take place. But again, as of this moment, Carolina's got to like their chances here. Now, the other player that is going to be announcing very soon is Vakari Swain, who back on August the 2nd, just two days ago, said that he would be committing on August 12th at 3.45 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time because he is from Georgia. Now, Swain has also been a Gamecock target for a good while now. He visited back on a junior day in January, and he visited the Gamecocks for their second big official visit weekend back on the weekend of June the 24th through the 26th. Now, he also does seem to have some interest in Vanderbilt and Maryland both, as he took official visits to both schools back in June as well. But in the end, I think the Gamecocks, out of all these finalists, at least seemingly the finalists for Bakari Swain, I think that they have the longer-lasting relationship And I think at this point, they would definitely be happy to take Swain in this class. Now, the last recruit who could end up committing fairly soon, based on his Twitter activity, is 2023 four-star defensive tackle Xavier McLeod out of Camden High School in Camden, South Carolina. Now, he's put out a couple of tweets recently. One of them saying, no date yet, but commitment in top three coming in a few weeks. And he put this out on July 30th, which would be last Saturday from today. And he also put out another tweet just a day or two ago saying, hit me up if you can film a commitment video. 
Now, Xavier is someone who is a homegrown prospect, and he has visited South Carolina a whopping nine times, dating all the way back before his junior season at Camden High School. But since March, however, McLeod has been basically on a recruiting tour of sorts of the eastern United States, going to places like Georgia, Florida State, LSU, Texas, Texas A&M, even all the way up to Michigan at one point. So for a while, Gamecock fans, and even myself at certain points, was starting to wonder if McLeod was indeed looking to go elsewhere, looking to go out of state. Now, it seems like all these visits were just mainly a way for Xavier to probably enjoy the process more than anything else, which he does, of course, have every right to do so going through this recruitment process. And again, this is the only time he'll really ever get to do something like this. And maybe just to go to some places that he wouldn't be able to otherwise if it maybe weren't for football. So I, we're, it's obviously a cool thing for Xavier to be able to experience all the things that he has gotten to do. But despite all the out-of-state visits, South Carolina still seems to be the leader at this point. But Georgia is definitely trying to push hard here for Xavier. And I would say they're in second place. They've gotten seven visits from Xavier throughout this entire process. And if he does decide real soon, which it does seem like he's going to, I think that Carolina has to like their chances here with the four-star defensive tackle in Xavier McLeod. All right, now for the final segment of today's show, I'm going to discuss a couple of other interesting developments on the side here on South Carolina's recruiting front for the football team, starting off with Cameron Upshaw Jr. Now, Cameron Upshaw Jr. made a little bit of noise this past Sunday when he announced that he was decommitting from South Carolina. He posted a whole long message on Twitter discussing it, and I talked about this already on the Monday show. So if you missed all that from the Monday show, you can feel free to go back there on my channel and be sure to check that out to catch yourself up. But you can also just stick right here for the next few seconds because um, apparently Cameron Upshaw Jr. has recommitted to South Carolina. Now, I first saw this from USC Talk on Twitter, so full credit to the guy that runs that Twitter account for breaking this first, at least as far as I could see. And this was talked about on Sports Talk Media Network by Phil Kornblatt who, when talking to Upshaw Jr. on Tuesday night, apparently he found out from him that he recommitted the same day as he decommitted. And Upshaw in the article would go on to say, quote, it was really just me realizing how early I could play. I talked to Coach Gray the same day. He was real understanding and told me to take my time with it. When I decided I could play early, he was like, we'll take you back. No coach is going to tell you you are going to start as soon as you get there. He was like, if I come in and do what I'm supposed to do, I've got a chance to get on the field early. And he said apparently he talked Gray Sunday afternoon, and after thinking things over, he called him back Sunday night to regain his place in the class, and also apparently talked to Coach Beamer. He continued saying, quote, he was just making sure I was straight, saying that Coach Gray was away from his phone when he decommitted or Coach Beamer, and so when he decided to commit back, he was just checking up with me to make sure I was good. So kudos on the Gamecock coaching staff for doing that and of course you know that's just the way that this staff carries themselves in the recruiting process and again you know obviously this has been a very odd storyline to follow I have to admit in all the years I have followed South Carolina football I have never seen a situation where a prospect decommitted from South Carolina one day and then literally later that same day also happened to recommit uh, which probably explains why there was a little bit of a lag in terms of the announcement of him being back in South Carolina's class. But either way, I do think it's cool to, that we got Karen Upshaw Jr. back in this class. 
Uh, Cameron Upshaw Jr. does have a decent amount of potential. And again, someone that a lot of other really solid programs like Florida State really wanted. And Florida, I think, has even tried to get their foot in the door with him as well. So it says a lot about Cameron Upshaw considering he's from the state of Florida. So glad to have him back in the 2023 recruiting class. And the last prospect I'm going to talk about real quick is four-star safety for the 2023 recruiting class, Terrence Love. Now, Terrence Love tweeted just three days ago saying that he had received an offer from the University of South Carolina. If you're watching this on YouTube, here's the tweet right here. Now, when looking at him as a prospect, Terrence Love is a very highly rated prospect. He's rated the 252nd best prospect in the country, the 20th best safety in the country, and the 24th best player out of the state of Georgia, according to 24-7 Sports Composite Rankings. And as you may also notice, if you're watching this again on YouTube, he happens to be an Auburn commit. But he's also been offered by other teams like Alabama, Arkansas, Georgia, LSU, and many others as well. Now, according to a Gamecock Central article that was written by Chris Clark, the same day Terrence Love announced he was offered by South Carolina, Love said in the article that it was a coin flip, basically, regarding his commitment status to Auburn, and that he plans to use all five official visit slots that he has this upcoming fall. Now, this is an exclusive content article, so I'm not going to say anything further, and if you want to read it further, you will need to have it on three subscription for the article. But because of this situation and the unique circumstances of him being a current Auburn commit when being offered... I did reach out to Zach Blackerby of Locked On Auburn, does a great job over there covering the Auburn Tigers, to see what his thoughts were regarding Terrence Love and his commitment status. And he said that Love has apparently been to Auburn's campus a lot, and he was even a vocal recruiter for the Tigers during their big recruiting weekend, recruiting weekend basically, just this past weekend. And Zach personally doesn't see Terrence going anywhere else and apparently Auburn's best recruiter on their staff is recruiting him as well. Now, my final point with this is it does seem like that Auburn obviously isn't going to let Terrence Love go without a fight. You wouldn't expect them to. But for South Carolina to offer him at this point in the process, it sounds like this staff really does seem to like him. And, you know, with Auburn's coaching staff and just how much pressure is on Brian Harson to perform and deliver solid results this next year. I mean, this coaching staff's job status is in flux. So, you know, if things did go south for Auburn this next year, and maybe say they only win six games again, or maybe even they only win five games, who knows, seven games even, Brian Harson, this staff could end up being out of a job. And I'm sure that, you know, as much as Terrence Love might love Auburn right now, he and other commitments are probably watching that very closely. Now, I do want to also make a quick disclaimer on this. I don't think that this offer to Terrence Love means that South Carolina's coaching staff, Shane Beamer, Torin Gray, Clayton White, all those guys, I don't think this means that they're worried about any of their recruits potentially decommitting from this class. A lot of people went ahead and made assumptions earlier this week that after Cameron Upshaw decommitted and Terrence Love got offered, that South Carolina basically had kicked Cameron Upshaw out of the class and were trying to go after a guy like Terrence Love, which obviously with everything I've talked about to this point, has been proven false. Now, why this is indeed happening, I think that this is a simple case of Shane Beamer and this staff are trying to get someone who they feel like will make the safety position even better. And 
you got to remember, the NCAA has completely cleared out the 25-man signing class limit that they normally impose on FBS programs because of all the chaos with the transfer portal for at least, I think, the next two, three recruiting cycles. So South Carolina can sign more than 25 guys now. Because of this, it offers coaching staffs like Shane Beamer a lot more freedom to just, you know, cast the fishing rod out there and just sort of see, you know, which prospects are going to be willing to, you know, take take the bait. Or, and, you know, at least in this case, you know, obviously not take the bait, meaning, you know, their pitch. But which ones are going to want to come to South Carolina? Which ones might have some interest in at least visiting? And then this staff believes that once they can get their foot in the door with that prospect, then they've got a shot to potentially land him. And that, I think, is the philosophy that they are taking here with four-star safety Terrence Love. Because why not go out there and get a guy like him if you think that's going to make the team better at the end of the day? Again, I think that that's the mentality that this coaching staff's taking. And, you know, hey, I like it. And, again, that would they would be taking him away from another SEC foe, one that maybe we don't play as much as often right now. But, you know, still be a really solid win on the recruiting trail for Shane Beamer and the South Carolina coaching staff. But we'll just have to see how that one plays out as time passes on. With all that being said, though, that's going to do it for today's show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. I hope that y'all thoroughly enjoyed today's show, as always. And what are your thoughts on the special teams unit? Do you have any questions or concerns? Obviously, the kicker position battle will be one to watch. But with Kai Kroger's injury, what do you think happens there? Do you think he will return by week one? Do you think maybe that he could just seamlessly go back in there and, you know, it not look like he's missed any time. What about the long snapper position? Did anybody, does anyone else think that Matthew Bailey needs to be more consistent this next season? And then all these recruiting updates. What do you think is going to happen with all these guys who are going to be announcing very soon? I do want to hear your thoughts down below in the comments section if you're watching this on YouTube. But if you're also listening to this on audio podcast apps, wherever you get your podcast daily, you can also feel free to shoot me a message at a line underscore SC on Twitter, and I'll be sure to respond to any replies or comments that you have for me as quickly as I see them. And of course, if you've enjoyed the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast and you want to get more on the entire SEC conference, then make Lockdown SEC your second listen every day, where host Chris Gordy and the local experts of Lockdown will take you across the entire SEC in just 30 minutes. Again, make Lockdown SEC your second listen after, of course, the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast. But with that being said, y'all, that's going to do it for me on today's show. Hope you all have a great rest of your Thursday, and we're only one day away from fall camp beginning. Football is in the air in Columbia, South Carolina. I'll catch you all in the next show of the Lockdown Gamecocks podcast.